Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not, we are coming to you from the city of Portland. That is the city of roses. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about how to leverage an underemployed situation, whether that's survival or not, to your advantage. We always start these kinds of conversations talking about motivation. What is motivating you? There are some some easy ones. You know, I've, I've been unemployed for a period of time and I really need the money. I've, I've gone too far into my savings or maybe I don't have any savings left. I need to bring some money in. Clearly, you got to get a job and something to bring in revenue so you don't feel like you're on the outs, which can impact your interviewing and your mindset and everything else. So having that income coming in, whether that's ideal situation or not, I think is worth discovering or at least considering, uh, especially if you might be running up against some limitations on your unemployment and compensation. Through the state. In my own experience, long after my unemployment benefits ran out um, and I was living with family, I had been looking for the kind of work that I absolutely loved doing and I couldn't find anything. And finally, my family said to me, you've got to take the next job that came. And the next job that came was a job that I loved doing. So it, you got I, lucky. It's well, yes, like but I, I also think that I made a different kind of effort knowing that I had to get it. Now, some of that was just good timing, but it, it did give me some clarity as I was moving forward. I had to find something. And fortunately, this was an application that I put in before that conversation had happened. But I think it impacted the way I interviewed for that job. And it made a, a positive difference. Well, and I've taken all kinds of different jobs. I've been in situations where I needed the income and I took whatever came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is something when you're take when you're talking a survival job, you want to you want to at least get in the ballpark. And for me, having a clear destination to say, "Okay, yeah, I know the destination is over there, but this step in between could get me there." Sure. And so even though that was identified as a survival job for me, and I I did not like the job or the work at all. That isn't always the case. Sometimes you're pleasantly surprised sure. that you go into a situation thinking it's survival, but then it turns out to be something exactly good. And many times these can open doors to things you wouldn't have considered otherwise. And I've known people who actually started a career through a similar uh, situation where they just took a job to take the job and they liked it so well it grew into, into a career. Um, a lot of times... That survival job is really just, I've got to survive the holidays or I've got to survive this thing that's coming up. I remember when I was a kid, my mom took a job. That was back in the days when people could live on one income. Um, She took a job so that we could afford orthodonture. So my brothers and I all had braces. Um, Later, she went back to work in order to afford the things that we needed for the house, drapes, carpet, you know, whatever that was. And so those are survival jobs in the sense that you're surviving and getting what you want, not just getting what you absolutely have to have. So there are different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So when we come back to the question of motivation, it, it's important, I think, to set it up knowing what is motivating you to do this. If it's something that you really don't need, but oh, okay, you know, this would be something nice that's convenient. Have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. But then the stakes are lower. 
when the stakes are high, you, you need to be a little more careful about what you're choosing. And Scott, we talk a lot about this in the podcast about having choices. And so let's not overlook the fact that sometimes people don't have a choice. They have to get yes. something. Right. But if you do have a choice, then you can pick something that works for you with even though you've identified it as a survival job. Sure. So you could say, all right, I need just, you know, maybe a uh, couple hundred dollars a week just to supplement my income while I'm trying to start a business or or uh, get a business off the ground after you've been unemployed, right? right? Um, so there's lots of reasons that you can do this, but just make sure that it's a choice that you're making and that it's going in the right direction right. for you. Especially in those times where you don't feel you have a choice, you have to get something. The more decisions you can make in the directions you're going or the companies that you're applying to, the more it feels like a positive end. So for example, when I was unemployed for a long period, one of the, the efforts I've made was to get into a nursery, as a part-time job at a local nursery because I really enjoy working for with children? plants. No, uh, as in, Plants, trees. Oh, right, right. Okay, uh, shrubberies and uh, although flowers. I do, and... Yeah, exactly. I do like children, and I would have been happy to, to get involved in like a, a, a school. Yeah. Um, in fact, for a while, I thought I was going to be a school teacher until friends of mine that were school teachers talked me out of it, but that's another story. No, it, it's doing something that I enjoy doing, but I hadn't considered it for a career. So that was a really good opportunity for me to to earn a little extra money doing something I enjoyed. But that was a survival situation. That wasn't what I wanted my career to be. Well, having some sort of stepping stone to the next thing, I think what you're really saying is we should, if we're going to be going to some destination we want to go, that we ought to be honest with ourselves on what this is, take the positive approach to it so we can still perform and get paid. Right. Because I know I went to the survival job and I got to the point where it's like, I hated going there. And I'm sure it was affecting my mindset, which then led to me being dismissed. So it, it's just got one it. of those things to be sure that you're honest with yourself, but you still perform in a positive way right. for the company that yeah. you're, you're working for. That's a really good point. And that's also true if your survival job is a full-time job that just doesn't pay well. I, I talk to people who, who ask, you know, what, what do I do? Do I take the job that doesn't pay well and then just stick with it? You know, whatever. Companies that don't pay well know they don't pay well. And they probably would expect you if you have already on your resume something where you were paid well and doing that kind of work, they probably would expect you to find something better. If they hire you, that's that's going to be a given. And, and that is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't get hired when they've had better positions because the company just figures, oh, you're just going to look somewhere else. It's incumbent upon the organization doing the hiring that they're paying a fair wage. And if you have an opportunity to do something that you enjoy, but you don't get paid as well, I don't have any qualms in telling people, go ahead and keep looking for the right job. But remember that pay is only the money issue. Money in and of itself is rarely a strong motivator. It's what money represents that triggers motivation. So is it the security that it provides? Is it the flexibility? Is it the power? Whatever that looks like, whatever it is that turns your crank, you need to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Pay by itself is rarely the biggest reason why people pick the job. But 
by the same token. Really low pay is a very strong motivator for people to leave a job. So if your survival job is to take a full-time job, make it clear that your life outside your work is still going to be a priority. Boundaries. And, yep. And so as you're going to the networking events or the other things that you're doing to look for other work, that that is an expectation that you have the flexibility to, to do things in your personal life without that harming your reputation on the new job. Right, and you can do that without sharing details. Absolutely. You don't, you don't have to give them the 411 right. on everything you're doing. And it, as long as you're performing for them, Right. You say, hey, this is my boundary and I yep. don't expect you to go into that space. I never uh, would agree or recommend that people should lie about the, what they're doing. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling an employer I go to a networking group on a regular basis. That is something that we do. There's nothing. It's a professional activity. That's right. Everybody should be expected to do it in to, some, to some way, degree. shape or form. Yep, I agree. Uh, the other thing that comes out of this, Scott is really trying to find the right survival job or part-time situation that's going to work for you so you can continue yeah. to do that kind of activity, the networking and the, the interviewing, and, and that it isn't going to become an obstacle for you to execute on your job search. I've seen it so many times that, um, in fact, I had a client that I was working with that he said, oh, well, this new job that I'm just about ready to take it's 70 miles away. Oh. And I said, well, are you absolutely 100% committed to said job? Oh, no, I just need a job. I just need something. Yeah. And so he was literally planning to drive in Seattle traffic 70 miles each way for a job yeah. that he did not want. Yeah, that 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 you're setting yourself up for a really rough experience. I would not recommend that at all. And I have had jobs that I really enjoyed doing with a long commute and by the end of it was ready to just Done. not do that anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. So on the flip side of that, it's probably a good idea to identify some deal breakers in terms of the types of survival jobs you're willing to take. You know, that's a really good point because we talk so often about making a list of all the things that you want to have in your next job. I, I think that making a list of deal breakers is important too because that's going to keep your sense of clarity. Well, and the presumption is you're going to be taking a little bit less money for that survival job. It's not always the case, but if it was the perfect job, you wouldn't be calling it a survival right. job. Right. So let's assume the pay is going to be less. That means you can um, have more non-negotiables in terms of location. Is it close to home? Is it easy to get to and from the interviews that I'm expecting to have? Is it allowing me uh, to easily access some of the networking events that I plan on attending? Does it have flexible work hours so that if I do need to take a day mm -hmm. off to do an interview, that they, get, they have the flexibility to do that? Right. And if the survival job is working remotely, that really makes it easy. There are a lot of jobs out there that don't pay a, a great salary, but they offer commissions, whether that's taking reservations or doing whatever, and they set you up at home. I don't know very many people who have actually made a career of that. In fact, I don't know anybody who stayed in those jobs long term, but that can be a really good survival job that gives you the opportunity to do the things that you need to do at home or close to home, whether that's an interview or anything else, and still be productive. Because whatever it is, your integrity is the one thing that you don't want to damage. And so as you're taking these survival jobs, they know that 
you're probably going to be looking for something that's going to set you up for better success than what they are offering. Do your very best for them and you will maintain that relationship, that reputation, regardless of the length of time that you're actually working in that survival job. It's not uncommon during this process, Scott, that I've seen people that were looking for the dream job and along the way stumbled upon something that's like, oh, well, here's something that I could do. Sure. That, that I could do. That Using that phrase, I yeah. can do that, but it's not something you desire to do. Sure. And so there's opportunities I've seen where people is like, hey, I don't have anything full time, but I got this contract gig. I can give you maybe a third time. Sure. To do this kind of role. Are you interested? And and so there's so many benefits to be out networking that these kind of opportunities are going to come into your into your purview, into your radar right. that you wouldn't have had before. So we highly encourage anybody listening to this podcast, please network, get yeah. out there and talk to people. Yeah. I, the, the thing that really kept me going was participating in job seekers groups, but also in going to networking events when I was unemployed for a long period, even the, the, the short term unemployment periods that I've had getting out there and getting with people, both people who are in my situation and people who are employed. So often uh, I've run into people who go to the job seekers groups only to talk to other people who are seeking jobs. And I think that's great. You get validated. You, you, you're commiserating with people in similar situations. The, the differences are always enough to keep things interesting, but you can relate to one another. If you're not going to the networking events that also include people who are employed, you're selling yourself short because those are the people who are probably going to help you get your next job. And as they know others in the employed realm, they're going to be talking to the right people. So go to the networking events, whether that's an association, you know, for in my case, it would be the, the, the local HR association going to their meetings or the talent and development uh, associations, those groups, these are people that most of them are working, but they often have a job seekers uh, special interest group. And so you're working within your milieu. I can't think of the, <laughs> the, the regular word. Yeah, okay. um, but you know what I mean. Your domain of experience yeah. or your affinity group. There or, you go. Or... So it's really important to be with like-minded people, not just those who are looking for work, but people who know what you do or those that know how to do the work you want to do. That's another thing. I've talked to people who are scared to go to a meeting where they don't feel like they're the experts. There's always someone who knows more than you at any given networking event you go to. So just, it's okay to be the one with the least amount of experience and knowledge. Just go. Being there shows an interest. And as you are talking to people about why you're interested, then you're going to have more meaningful conversations. Great. I mean, I've been through all of those different phases that you just described, and I've done lots of different jobs. I mean, I the first time I was unemployed was in 2001, and that was after many years in the market. I hadn't been unemployed since I was 13. Wow. So I just went from one job to the next. So I couldn't list all the jobs that I had, but the survival ones I took were uh, delivering community newspapers, mm -hmm. parcel delivery, 
for uh, one of the courier services. You're uh, talking about papers. Um, I remember having a survival job of picking, I was a collections agent for the local newspaper where I would go to the homes of people who hadn't paid their bills to pick up a check. And I, I won't tell you what kinds of neighborhoods I spent most of my time in, but it was really interesting. It wasn't uh, my neighborhood, was no. it? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, in fact, it wasn't in Portland, but yeah. it was just really interesting to me to, to, to go to these people, people's homes, pick up the check, see who they are, and write my own little stories about why someone in this situation would not pay their newspaper bill. But these are things that kept me going, and it was a survival job I only had for a couple of months. That's as much time as they needed. But it was, it was something I would never have considered doing. And I actually enjoyed doing it. But there are, there are other jobs like this. Contract work we mentioned before. Um, so many people don't want to do it because it doesn't come with benefits and everything else. Well, if this is a survival job, you're probably, especially if you've been unemployed for any length of time, COBRA is insanely expensive. So many of us fall back to the ACA coverage. Mm -hmm. And so at least you have and catastrophic coverage. Good. No, yeah. most, of the, most of them aren't. Um, but at least you've got catastrophic coverage. So go ahead and take that contract work because, again, so many times that can get you the full-time benefited position. Well, if we're talking retail and some of these packaging companies that are delivering packages right. for the holidays, we don't want to discriminate or, or highlight any one of those because they're equally as, I think, legitimate sources of income. Absolutely. Um, many of those actually offer benefits for part-time people. That's right. And so one of the non-negotiables you could maybe find is, hey, can I find a part-time job with a retail establishment or food service or what have you where I can work part-time and get the benefits? Right. Yeah. I don't think that delivery services like for pizza or groceries or some of these other things uh, offer that, but I know the larger parcel companies generally do. Um, at least one of them, I know. Uh, but, but that's a really good filter to use. And if you're truly desperate for a job, that may not come into play. But it, when, you, when you're making that choice, which ones am I going to choose first to go after, it does give you still a sense of empowerment. Well, start thinking about the friends you have that are doing that kind of work already. Good point. Or maybe you just look out your window and, hey, there's the guy in the brown truck. Yeah. Uh, hey, dude, wait, hang on. How did you get your job? Yeah. Every job has its challenges and every job has its benefits. And so if we look at these survival jobs as bringing something good, there's got to be something good in it. And if, if there isn't, if you take a survival job and you can't find anything good about it, look for another survival job. That's just a little bit better. So you can find these jobs in a lot of places. One that I became aware of just recently, and I know it's been around for a while, but I never gave it much thought, is Flex Jobs. This is a website that actually filters all of the online postings. It's an aggregator. That, aggregator. That, that, I was that looking pulls for the from word. the different yeah. sites that, that it's aware of and that, that it lists out jobs that fit its criteria. In, it, indeed... Uh, even um, career builders and monster are—they're all aggregators. I'm more inclined to steer people towards Indeed because there's there's a, a different quality involved in that. Um, the difference with Flex Jobs—I have to be a transparent—is it is a paid service. Okay, so I, as a job seeker, have to pay, and here's why: is because they actually have a person 
that takes a look at these requisitions and interacts with the employer to say, hey, is this remote work eligible for your organization? Oh, that's so, great. Right, so there's there's the, the added benefit of actually having somebody say, yes, this is actually an, a, a remote position that you can do from anywhere. Right. Or whatever the stipulations are on, on the FlexJobs website. A lot of people don't know about, a lot of people do know about it, but I am always reminded that Craigslist is another one that, that posts jobs. It runs a plethora, and I don't know, I've never tried to filter any of that, but if you're looking for a survival job, that's a really good source because a lot of the jobs they post there are for part-time or lower pay, some of these others that that you could take on. You probably have the skills now to, to get one of these jobs and it can, it can help you make those ends meet. One that just came up to me as you were speaking is Nextdoor. Nextdoor mm -hmm. is a new app social media platform where you actually have to validate your address to say, yes, I live in this place. And so there's an extra layer of, I don't know if you call it security, but there is security permissions there that they know who you are so that before they let you into what's called a neighborhood. Well, and that also helps you find things that are closer to you because yeah, it's so I, really I, connecting. I what's see in people your on there all the time saying, "Hey, all these leaves just fell off of my trees in, right. in my yard. Can I get? I'll pay somebody twenty bucks an hour to come pick them up." Yeah, you and, know. So there's there's those kind of freelance gigs that are out there all the time. Right. That you know may actually be interesting and and quick money. We talk about it all the time too, about targeting companies that you're interested in. If you're looking for a survival job, broaden your scope on that. Target companies that you may not have chosen uh, initially. Look at, at companies that you might admire or that you have a good feeling about, whatever that looks like. Maybe their marketing is good and see what they might have. Whatever catches your interest, it, it's something that you can explore. I'm not opposed to actually walking into a place either. And so I've encouraged people to just look at a map, right? And draw like a one mile circle around your house. Who's inside the circle? Right. Is there a, a, a coffee shop or a, a retail store or a, a hardware store yeah. or something? I've, I've even encouraged people to put on the orange apron. Uh, somebody I know who's been retired now for a couple of years just she was kind of bored at home. I mean, she had things to do, but they were always household chore type things. And she had a chance to take a job with a window and door company, the company that they had used to replace all their windows. And they were very happy with the product. I don't remember now how she got connected with them, but she now works part time. It, it's not really a survival job. It's a fun job. But here's a, a product that she believes in that she now goes to various hardware stores in her neighborhood to represent this window and door company wow. and speak to people. And she is loving this job. She would never have thought to do this in the past. Well, as a job seeker taking a survival job, being out in the community makes a big difference. Yes. Okay, being around people, seeing opportunities, having conversations, right. improving your communication skills. I don't see any downside really to taking these uh, survival jobs as long as you don't let your mindset get the best of you. And that's another reason why I come back to the field where I 
feel most comfortable or where I want my career to continue. If I go to my association websites and start looking for smaller jobs, not necessarily what I would have chosen first, but something that can get me in a door, those association sites are often really good repositories that you're already networked into in some fashion. So don't forget to look there. Don't look far away for something that could be right around the exactly. corner. So whatever it is, please, if you're out there and you're taking a survival job, know why you're doing it. And also use that survival job to get you to the destination you actually want to go. Right. And don't feel guilty if the next better job comes along shortly after you take this one. Remember that the company who offers a part-time or a, a low-pay job knows that you have a chance to do better somewhere else. You're That's doing each other a favor. Absolutely. Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We do appreciate your time and attention. It is awesome that you're here with us to hear uh, some great ideas, some great thoughts that we share with you today. You can access the show notes online at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero three zero. Thanks everybody for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and your attention is truly appreciated. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, please provide us a rate and review. The feedback to us is invaluable. And if you have any questions that pop up that may not come up in this or some previous podcasts, do give us those questions and we can answer them in a future podcast. Well, this is Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, open your mind to possibility. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.